0: We'll Mental Wealth for Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. I'm Katrina Thomas and I'm your host. And today I have a chat with Julia Broglie, who is a founder and a creator of Broglie Box. Julia Broglie was inspired to create Broglie Box after experiencing her own mental health challenges as a young adult and losing her older brother, Justin, to suicide when he was just 24. Justin's passing inspired Julia to imagine a new way to deliver support and connection to those struggles with mental health challenges today's hectic fast-paced and often in personal world so the idea for broccoli box was born a care package of tools and resources for mental wellness and stress relief in a way that feels warm light-hearted and fun so let's listen to julia's story now okay hi julia hi how are you I'm um, good. Great to see you and have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, I guess the first question our listeners want to know is a little bit more about
1: your background. How did you become an entrepreneur? Sure. So I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I um actually studied chemical engineering in college and I worked in the skincare and cosmetics industry. For several years after I graduated, um, but I never, I never had this like burning passion for anything in life, uh, really, until I unfortunately lost my brother Justin to suicide, and also struggled with my own mental health challenges for many years, and really s- suffered in silence. I was embarrassed for so long about my anxiety and my depression. I thought it was a personal weakness, which. Now I know it to be not true at all, um, but when my brother died, it really just woke me up to this realization that I needed to take my own mental health seriously, and I felt extremely called to help others um, prioritize their mental health, speak openly about their mental health, and ultimately get help if if needed. So that's kind of the basis for why I dove deep into the world of mental health, and I started my company Broglie Box as sort of as a side project, and it grew really quickly to the point where I was able to quit my job and focus on that full time. So it's really exciting. Um, but the whole concept behind Broglie Box is basically wanting to send a care package of products, tools, and resources that are both Useful, effective, but also bundled and packaged in a way that it feels like a gift. It feels very heartfelt and warm, um, but the products are actually useful and um, meaningful. So that's kind of the whole concept behind Broglie Box. And yeah.
0: No, that 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 that's an amazing concept. I've looked at your website, and you do different boxes with different products. Uh, I guess it's logistically how how do you manage it? Because you need you need to work with all these
1: different suppliers to be able to put put them. How do you know what to put in each box? Yeah, so the contents are sourced. We have um, basically. I feel like my engineering background. I'm just a researcher by by nature, and so before I even started the company, I really started looking into mental health from a holistic perspective. So what are all the factors that go into our mental health? And I came up with, um, you know, six key areas uh, after having interviews with different psychologists and therapists, and those key areas have turned into our six pillars that we talk about on our website. Um, And those six pillars are mindfulness, gratitude, sleep, fitness, nutrition, and relaxation. And those six things can mean something different for everyone. Um, But all the products and resources that we put inside the box kind of stem from those six pillars. So we are very connected. Um, We have a network of over 30 mental health professionals who advise us on products that maybe they're making recommendations to their patients. Um, Because the reality is a therapist can't be with their patient 24 hours a day. And a lot of the things that they recommend in therapy, um, you know, they, they, they make recommendations on products that they, that their patient can use outside of therapy to remind them of what they learned to implement in therapy. So we're, we're, we keep our eyes and ears open constantly for product recommendations like that. Um, we also listen to our community. So we have a pretty active network on Instagram and, Facebook. And so any recommendations on products that people are, you know, have said, this has really helped me. Um, And then talking to our vendors and, and seeing the data that they're presenting to us. So if they, they have all this research that proves that their product helped, um, you know, X amount of people and and in this way, then we listen to all of that and take all that into consideration.
0: Yeah. I'm just looking at your website to find, uh, I've seen those, um, uh, the reference to six pillars, and uh, so these are uh, sleep, exercise. If you just remind me, w- what are they?
1: Yeah, so they're um, mindfulness, gratitude, sleep, fitness, yeah. nutrition, and relaxation. So there's different products, and and um, if if there's not a physical product, so e- each box is different, and it's kind of either for a specific issue like anxiety or a specific type of person like a student. Um, So if and there's also different price points and combinations of products. So if something is not in the in the box for sleep, for example, um, you know, we have weighted eye masks in some of our boxes or you know lavender sleep spray. Um, But if if a box doesn't have that element, then we do have information about why sleep is important for mental health in our magazine. So every single box comes with a magazine. And it has its own unique addition for that particular box. Um, and we have our our network of mental health professionals writing articles for us. We have resources. We have the links oh, yeah. that are out there. Um, some recipes to help with, we we call it like our mood food section, because we believe you are what you eat, not just from a physical perspective, but from your mental health as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. we hit on all six pillars in every single one of our boxes in some way. Yep.
0: No, I think it's it's a great concept, and you have such a supportive network of professionals to help you. And 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 because because the the concept is absolutely great. I, when I looked at your website, I thought, wow, it's just for someone to come up with an idea like this. It's 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 amazing. But are those pillars should be uh, addressed, consequentially or? Uh, do we need to prioritize certain elements of those six pillars or do do we try do we have to have all those in place to to be healthy mentally
1: so i think i mean every single person is unique and what self-care and mental health care looks like for me might look very different for you for example um You know, sleep is so easy for me. Like, I can go to sleep no matter what. Like, I don't, it's not something that I really um, have to work on. So, I'm good in that category. Whereas, maybe, you know, mindfulness was something that was a recent implementation. Um, after my brother died, it really helped me, manage my own mental health, Um, but that was a practice that I had to implement, and really work on, Um, whereas you might be very different, where, you know, you, yeah,
0: I was actually talking to uh, one of my guests, um, um, one of my guests last, last week, uh, who's a psychiatrist, and psychologist, and I said that after my first failed venture, I, lost sleep for a year yeah. <laughs> i just couldn't sleep oh, yeah so that was a struggle for, for me
1: yeah. yeah yeah i've been so lucky you know what? i think that's like the one many things I learned in college, but that was like one of the main important things that I learned in college. Like when you had a chance to sleep, you did it because for chemical engineering, like we barely slept. So I feel like it trained. I almost like trained myself that if I have an hour here, or if I, you know, like I have to get those eight hours. Like I cherish those eight hours so much. Yeah. Um yeah. You but-
0: actually also mentioned about eight hours, but I guess I don't know. Whatever you. You want to believe? I I think I've uh, I've listened to some yogi. I don't know the Indian yogi, and he says that, yeah, if if four hours is enough for you, (laughs) just four hours. Yeah, it's everyone is um, individual, you know, and has you know for for, for so many hours. But yes, the psychiatrist uh, professor we had um, uh, in the studio, he actually mentioned that eight hours of sleep is is ideal for people just
1: yeah we believe that each person is unique and and you know in what they in their needs um but it's for me and for our company it's all about listening to your body listening to what's going on if you feel like you're not if you feel anxious and and you feel um these these things these emotions that are uncontrollable or It's okay to get help, and it's okay to tune into yourself and say, "Okay, what areas of my life need improvement, um, or what areas of my life can I make an improvement in to Mm -hmm. ultimately better myself and my mood and overall happiness?" So, yeah, not listening. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I agree with you, but the problem is that when people start up companies, they the last thing is probably on their mind is actually to look after the mental health. Mm-hmm. uh because the, the first thing they they care about is how to make company more profitable um and well, um, uh, about yeah, that. i mean um, why do they neglect why do entrepreneurs neglect their mental health why do you think
1: so this is i'm so glad you brought this up because i'm in a network of so many other entrepreneurs and what's helped me the most and what i tell other people that i interact with who are founders is that You are your company's greatest asset. And if you are not well, your company will not be well. So you're worried about profitability. Okay, that makes total sense. But if you're losing sleep or you're not eating well and taking care of yourself, how do you expect to give everything to your company when you're, when you're, when you're experiencing brain fog or when you're stressed out all the time. I mean, granted, like we're all going to experience the up and downs of entrepreneurship, but it's all about kind of making that Delta a little bit less. So you can kind of sit in this middle ground, um, in between the highs and the lows, you can kind of this middle ground. And I mean, time and time again, like I've talked to founders who, choose to take care of themselves and in the long term they are much more successful as a company and as a CEO or as a founder um because they they chose to take care of themselves rather than you know fret over maybe a small situation that in the long run isn't actually go- going to matter. Um, yeah. So I, I'll say it again you are your company's greatest asset, especially if you're if it's just one or two people, like if you're a single founder or if you have you and one other person, like the employees and the founders make the company and you have to be well in order to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I do agree with you. But then again, you know, a little bit of anxiety is is not a bad thing. I mean, being anxious is not necessarily an indication that something is wrong with you. So how can people... Uh, or entrepreneurs spot uh, when say anxiety becomes something more of a concern leading to the mental health conditions?
1: Yeah. So I'd like to preface this with saying I'm not a certified therapist or anything like that, but in my experience and just through listening to people in my network and my, like my own experience with anxiety is when it becomes um, to the point of affecting your everyday life and completely debilitating, affecting your ability to make decisions, which is so important for a founder and entrepreneur. Um, you know, when when it's outside the norm of everyday anxiety, like little anxieties about a situation, if it's situational or something like that, but if you wake up and feel anxious and you haven't even started doing anything, Um, And it's preventing you from carrying out your normal everyday activity, then that's an indication that it's time to maybe seek out some help. Um, So, again, that's just in my experience and kind of what I've heard through our community and our network um, and our recommendations from our advisors who are, you know, seeing patients on a regular basis. Yeah. So have you had um, mental health struggles in the past? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I suffer, I've been diagnosed with um, anxiety disorder. I've been diagnosed with depression. um, And it got really bad for me in college. And I, I just really hit it very well, honestly. Um, It got to the point where I was having some suicidal thoughts. And Luckily, you know, my friend at the time encouraged me to go to my school mental health center. It got really bad for me in my senior year of college. And I went to my my school mental health center and unfortunately, I was put on a three-month wait list. But what bothers me um, the most about that situation is... Um I was sent away without a single resource or um a piece of information or advice on how to get me through that 3 months until I could see someone. Um it's it's concerning that there were literally hundreds of students in front of me, which is why I was put on a wait list to begin with. Yeah. They didn't have the capacity to 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 help all those students. But I walked away and empty, completely empty-handed. Like what am I supposed to do next? Um, How am I supposed to get through these three months? And so for Broglie Box, we actually have the company segmented into three different um, businesses where one is our direct to consumer online, like our website. Another, uh, the middle, you know, middle segment is companies. So we work B2B with companies and supply employee boxes. And then the third is students. So we work, you know, working with universities, equipping their mental health center so that when students like me go in and They can't see me right away, which is not their fault. They're over capacity, and you know there's a there's a huge need right now, especially now, COVID. Um, But you know, send the student away with with some resources that they can implement themselves or that they can look up. There's there's so many resources online. You know, there's no excuse anymore. Um, So that's a big a big vision for us for our company.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a as an academic. uh, I, I see, and I guess COVID is not making the situation um, better. I see more and more students coming, you know, coming out with issues um, that 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 require attention. But like you said, we are stretched, and there are no no not no, not enough resources to help everyone. But what can people do? Um, what alternative? Um, Alternatives do they have whilst they're waiting for help?
1: so I think that I mean there are tons of like student specific mm. resources um you know I could send you like a full list but yeah. for us specifically what we provide um you know we we of course have the boxes of products and and the the products that have resonated most with our student population in terms of physical products are yeah you know, like affirmation cards, even like adult coloring books, gratitude jars, pinch me therapy dough, massage roller balls, that type of thing. But then we have a yeah. magazine that really is jam packed those resources on, you know, like how to deal with um, the stress of, of preparing for an exam or how to deal with turbulence at home. Um, there's, there's a resource called the buddy project where you can actually be paired peer to peer with yeah. one. Um, and then, or if you want, if you can't wait for your mental health center to see you and you want to see a therapist right away, there's plenty of online ther- um, therapist options now, like Talkspace or better help, um, all the crisis text line numbers and, and crisis hotline numbers that you can call all of that really neat. The student needs to walk away with those with those in hand so that if, if it does get to the point where there is a crisis, they know what to do and they have something physical that they can reference. Because I don't know if you've ever been in that state of mind, but you you are not thinking clearly and you're not like, oh, let me go Google the yeah. National suicide prevention hotline number. And unfortunately here in the US, they just did get approval to um, implement the three-digit suicide. Yeah prevention hotline number but for now it's the full it's like 1-800-273 you know like it's a full number that you have to have memorized and if you don't have that memorized then um you know you yeah. you have to be you responsible to look it up and that's kind of yeah. hard on someone who's already struggling yeah and you see entrepreneurs they
0: they can it it makes it even worse for people starting up their businesses because i've had uh, guests on the podcast who Never had any issues, you know, like anxiety or toxic stress and stuff like that. But then, as when when they started the company, it's actually start that they started experiencing those mental health conditions. What help is out there for entrepreneurs? Because there is also, um, there's a common sort of, um, I don't know, dogma that you have to kind of fake it till you make it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not always. And it, there is a stigma around the whole mental health um, a, issue for, in entrepreneurs, and and very often you 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 fake it till you make it, right? Because you want to appear to be um, as successful as you can be. Mm-hmm. But then we have these cases like kids Spade committing suicide because of the underlying um, problems such as depression and stuff like that. So what help can be? Um, um, accessed by entrepreneurs is there anything for entrepreneurs
1: i've seen some things here and there pop up i've i've actually seen venture capitalist firms um popping up and saying like we actually pay like would they of the money that they give to founders a portion of that goes to their health care including yeah. mental health support um i think when you're looking for an investor you want to look for someone who obviously wants to grow your company and it's bottom line and everything like that, but should also, you know, how do they take care of themselves? Are they, are they talking about their own health? Are they um, you know, are they talking about how they prioritize these, these things, but for entrepreneurs, the, the, the number one thing that I see with my network of founders is imposter syndrome is like the biggest thing. Um, yeah. and burnout is the second biggest thing because as a founder, you're responsible for everything. And, you know, you're, you're looking, you're, and a lot of times you're, you've raised money, you're, you're taking on this responsibility to do something with that money and you don't want to lose that money. Um, and then like you said, you're, it's like a fake it till you make it. And that yeah. That, yeah. that mentality can create a lot of imposter syndrome because you're literally like, you're literally trying to portray something that portray something to, to make it seem bigger than it is. and then yeah. you constantly are coming back and self doubting So I mean, my recommendation for for things like that is um, to to there's this method called the reframing technique. And basically if you have you know a negative or an anxious thought and you have something that's coming up and it's imposter syndrome, You actually write down that negative thought um, and then you scratch it out and you write an arrow and next to it, you write what is true. So you write what is true about the situation. So, um, you know, like if you say like, I'm a fake, well, you can scratch that out and say, I'm actually trying. I'm actually so true to my mission and my cause. And everything I do every day is, is because I believe in what I'm doing and that is true. So you can practice these different methods, I think. Um, but in terms of like resources for entrepreneurs, I think it all comes back to the networks that you're in. Join a group of of like-minded individuals. Community, I think, is so important. And you'll find that when you're talking to other entrepreneurs, they're experiencing the same things. Um, and it's kind of validating, you know, you're not alone in those.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that that was the initial sort of idea for, for for this podcast to create a platform for people to start talking about this openly because it's not easy. Entrepreneurship is not really encouraged, and and it's you know when you when you sign up for entrepreneurship, you sign up for longer hours, more stress, more anxiety, probably less money. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you are likely to fail. Um, let's be honest with this, uh, unless you really hit. Um, I don't know um, <laughs> golden mine <laughs> but uh, yeah you have to sometimes fail several times before you can actually make it big and it's all about-
1: I forget what the statistic is but it was like um, it was a, it was a large number of entrepreneurs give up before they actually hit the point of you know being successful and if they would have just waited a little bit longer been a little bit yeah. more persistent it would have been successful but the- yeah, i think you're referring to seth goddess the deep yeah <laughs> when you go through this dip
0: and what? you just feel like oh my god what's the point and then it just maybe another step further and you'll be on a way up but a lot of people yeah they start self-doubting themselves mm-hmm. and kind of give up. yeah I, I agree with you you just if you believe in your idea and you have this big why right mm-hmm. talk about this big then uh it's something that can keep you going and and uh, passion is everything like that that was the conclusion on one of the podcasts passion is everything it can get you through difficult times
1: yeah and like find, find a an accountability partner or a buddy or um you know just like you're a network where you can you, fi- you can have that community aspect because it's very lonely I mean if you're if you're bi- if you're a founder you're by yourself and you feel all this pressure on you and you're holding it all in I mean that that's that's horrible you want to be able to share that um, experience and and maybe talk to someone who's going through something similar to you because a lot of my friends aren't entrepreneurs and so yeah you know, they empathize with me or sim- they sympathize with me but they ultimately don't really know what it's like just like i don't know what it's like to be in their job um so it's nice to talk with other people who are going through the same thing
0: yeah but you know you you mentioned they're not entrepreneurs and their life is not going to get easy with um disruptive technologies and artificial intelligence slowly being uh, adopted in in large corporations the, there's been a published re- report uh recently about people feeling anxious having a nine to five job because they're afraid they have to learn skills they're not capable of learning, or because you know innovation ev- eventually will push them out of their jobs. So it's not going to get easy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I guess entrepreneurs, you know, you you are. It's it's not that someone is doing it to you; you actually do it to yourself. <laughs> You're signing up for entrepreneurship. But uh, talking about failures, because failure is um, is a big part of learning and and success uh have you yeah yeah what was your biggest failure say in the last year and how did you what, what happened how did you overcome it can you hear me yes did you I hear. oh i don't know it just it kind of went blank yeah i was uh, i was asking about the failure what is the biggest failure um in the last year and why do you think this happened
1: so one, I guess, failure that we had was um, we based. So I told you that student boxes are a huge initiative for for me and for the company. And in like February time frame, January, February time frame, we had all these universities lined up and they were going to buy boxes either for incoming freshman class or to keep on hand at the mental health center um, or to distribute, you know, during finals week at the library or something like that. It was different for every school. Um, and then COVID hit. And so we, you know, essentially lost the opportunity, those opportunities completely. Um, so it was really just about pivoting and realizing that that is something completely out of our control. Like there was nothing that could have been done about that. We're restarting those conversations now. Um, but that was really scary for a minute to know that, you know, because it was so exciting to to see these, this, this work that had, I mean, it takes a long time. These This yeah. cycle for universities is pretty lengthy. Um, and so to finally have some concrete orders and everything, and then to have all that kind of taken away, luckily that wasn't our, that's not our only part of our business otherwise that would have been even real that would have been really scary yeah. um but that was one aspect that you know it was a lot to it was a lot to swallow at first to be like okay like now we have to figure figure something else out and just know that these conversations are are hopefully going to pick back up which which they are not to this the same extent but they're picking back yeah. up now that school's back in session and everything
0: yeah we do start teaching next week, and um... It, I mean, so uh, as far as we know, everything will slowly start getting going back to normal. But then, but then again, maybe two months down the line, we're in another lockdown. Who knows? Uh, and then, yeah, you have to kind of adapt all the time and and uh, try to pivot, like you said. But uh, you know, going back, how long you've been uh, running the, this business? Because you so, started when you were just twenty-four, you're quite a young entrepreneur.
1: Uh, no. So, so my brother oh. died when he was twenty-four. Oh, he was twenty-four. Um, Sorry, yeah, yes. I was, uh, I was twenty-three when he died. Oh, okay. And then, um, let me th- let me think about when how old I was. So, I was. It was November of twenty eighteen when our um, website went live, um, and I'm twenty-nine now. So I was like twenty-seven. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So it was a year, like a year and a half ago. A little over a year and a half ago, we're coming up on two years, and we originally launched the company as a subscription box. Yeah, so that was another pivot that that the company made. Um, we were a seasonal subscription box, and the box arrived. Right, so, you know, every season there was a different set of items, and we actually, um, you know, just we had an overwhelming number of requests for specific types of boxes. And we, most of our subscribers were actually sending the box as a gift to someone else. And they wanted to know what was inside. Well, if you're buying an annual subscription, that's four boxes and people, you know, we can't tell you what's going to be in the winter box. If you're buying, you know, the, the summer box, um, because all of that stuff, you know, like for subscriptions, part of it's part of the fun of subscription boxes is it's surprise, um, so we've yeah, we just got so many requests for, okay, like I need grief resources to send to someone, or I have a student in, in college I want to send a care package to, or I have someone dealing with anxiety. So before the box was very general and now it's very specific. Um, and we have several different options. Um so the, the company launched in November of 2018, our very first box went out in December of 2018. And then in May of 2020, so this past May, we launched the specialized boxes and got rid of the subscription model completely. Um, And we have plans to release new care package options. And we're working on a build-your-own care package option as well.
0: Oh, drone.
1: Wow. No, build-your-own
0: care package. Build-your-own because I I thought someone... Drone, drone delivery <laughs> wouldn't that be fun <laughs> well yeah i mean if we're in the lockdown and someone needs it i mean that that, that that's an idea
1: <laughs> because um my boyfriend and i were driving the other day and we saw a postmates which do you know what postmates is it's like a it's like a delivery service for Like if you order, um, it's kind of like Uber, but for food. So you order from a restaurant and you can have it, you can have a a delivery man from Postmates or woman pick it up and take it to your house. Well, they had these, uh, like it was a cart. It was like unmanned. Like it was just a cart driving and it was like delivery from Postmates. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, is that like a robot? Like a robot? robot. It was a robot. Yeah, yeah, I think we have in
0: Milton Keynes, we have robots. I, I, I haven't seen them, but uh, I, I know because my husband used to work in Milton Keynes. And he said, Yeah, we have robots.
1: Yeah, <laughs> things, I could right. not believe it. It was like, oh yeah. My.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, that, that that's an idea. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, I mean, since the beginning of, 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 of the company, um, obviously, you know, you've main mistakes and you learned on them but what what is the biggest mistake do you think entrepreneurs do uh, make when they start their businesses
1: so I can speak from personal experience that I I think I focus so much on like vanity metrics like growing our Instagram following and like trying to get like all this press and although those are important and of course depending on your business model it can be really important to have you know like an instagram but what we did like instead of focusing on building like my email list i focus on growing instagram followers and now looking back i i wish i would have started from the very beginning like growing our email list um because now we when we look at the data we see that most of our like almost all all of our email list is like at people who are actually buying or interacting with us and Instagram, although the community is very active in terms of like bottom line and sales, mm-hmm. um, we don't see it as much on Instagram. So I think, uh, and, then, and then with press, like I was so surprised to learn after getting, like we just got, you know, featured in Forbes and we've got uh, featured in Goop and I've been on interviews, like TV interviews. And yes, we do see a spike in sales after those press opportunities come out. But it's not like mm-hmm. one thing is going to like blow up your business. Um, that's just not the experience that I've had or any of the entrepreneurs that I know. It's a bunch of little things that kind of contribute to all of that. So, you know, that stuff is really important. But I think like I I was so surprised to learn. Like, I mean, I spent so much time like we're, you know, focusing on like PR opportunities. And um, it just, you know, it was surprising to learn that that wasn't. That wasn't like, you know, that big of a deal, actually. Yeah, because
0: because you you were featured. You've mentioned on uh, mentioned on Forbes, but did you actually use any proactive strategies to get in front of the PR people? Because it can be quite difficult to actually get your story in front of you know some some journalists to be picked up. How did you How did you go about finding, you know, news outlets or media outlets to be featured on?
1: It's a lot of time spent because, you know, for every hundred journalists you reach out to, you maybe get responses from one. Um, I've been more recently trying to be like very strategic about it. So if I see, um, you know, for in the case with the Forbes article, I, I read something that this journalist wrote that just really resonated with me. Like, and I reached out to her not to pitch myself. Actually, I just reached out and I said, I love this article. It was actually about um, like alternative methods of raising money. Like everyone thinks shark tank. Oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta, uh, seek out venture capitalists. And there's actually these, all these other methods. And I just thought her perspective was amazing. And I reached out to her and I told her this article really resonated with me. I love it. And then I saw she also wrote about mental health and I was like, I see that you're writing about mental health too. And I just wanted to let you know, you have a new fan. And I kind of left it at that because I, I wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Um, I wasn't trying to actually like sell her on myself. I just yeah. were her writing. And then we, we formed, you know, kind of a relationship over LinkedIn and we eventually like got on a call and we were just talking. And then a couple weeks later, she's like, I'm writing about you in Forbes. And I was like, Oh my God. This wow. is <laughs> uh, whereas before, you know, I'd be like, reaching out to journalists, like immediately with the pitch, you know, like here's my company, here's my story, here's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that works, sometimes it didn't. But I, yeah. I learned is that like, I'd rather have these like really amazing relationships with people. And that's, that's what people are interested in. They're interested in the person behind the brand. Um, yeah.
0: Being a human. Yeah. Having a personality. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess they get so many sales pitches every day and I'm just like, you're one of them, but um, yeah, no, they yeah. Know, it's a great advice actually to be yourself and just and
1: find like it's. It, I think it's like quality yeah. over quantity, you know. Yeah, like don't have expectations yeah. that someone will yeah. come back to you and say, yeah. "Well, I
0: yeah, you've had that, that you resonate 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 with you <laughs> to publish every month." Just, just yeah, put yourself out there and just don't have high expectations because again, I guess we often get disappointed because we have to to have expectations. Um, you know, you go to watch a movie in the cinema, don't think that it's going to be a great movie, right? Mm-hmm. Just be surprised. That's nice. <laughs> better, yeah, right? That's great. You'll enjoy it even more. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's great advice. But, uh, um, you know, as a founder, there is so much going on from what you are saying um, with um, with you know, subscription boxes being, you know, changed into, um, other type of, uh, products, but how do you stay on top of things as a founder?
1: Well, I'm heavily relying on my calendar. Um, and, and what I mean by that is not only for business, but I actually like schedule time for myself too. um, because it all goes back to like self-care and I really yeah. practice what I preach in my own business. And of course, not every day is this like perfect, like, Oh, I hit all the six pillars today. You know, like I'm, I'm also a human being and I'm not perfect, but I'm like very reliant on my calendar and scheduling and time blocking. Um, we actually have this product and and the reason that I put it in there is because it was so helpful for me as a founder, Um, It's a time cube and it literally like it has uh, 5, 15, 30 and 60 minutes on all four sides and then you flip it based on the time and it starts recording it starts timing you basically. And then it beeps when it's done that it's helped me so much manage my time. And it's different than like setting something on my phone, because then I get, I go to set my time on my phone and then I'm like distracted by my phone. Whereas the time cube, I can just put on and put my phone in another room and say, okay, for these 60 minutes, I'm, I'm going to get this thing done. And then I'm going to take a break after. Um, So yeah, that's like my biggest, um, that's like, what's kept me like really organized and, and frankly sane. That, that's really good. I need to check out. It's called Time Cube. It's a Did time it? yeah. Yeah, cool. I can send you one.
0: i never, never heard of. No, it's great. Because, yeah, with the phone, you, you you can put it. I actually, I guess my listeners will laugh at me in a, in a minute. But uh, I, I sometimes use the egg time, <laughs> the cookie <Yes>. one. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that, that might be a great idea.
1: Yeah, there's something, I think there's something really powerful about scheduling time because it, um like it, it's like there's an end in sight, too. Um, and then also being cognizant of how much you can realistically get done. So like before I would put the I would have these crazy to do lists. And if I didn't get my to do list done, I would feel bad that I didn't get it done. But it was never reasonable to begin with. It was never. There was no way I was ever going to get that much done. So now I'm. I try to be really cognizant. Like if I have a task, then I say, okay, it's going to take me this amount of time, and I'm going to schedule that amount of time to do it. And you know, like, and be more realistic with yourself, and be honest with yourself, and how much you can realistically get done. And then I've totally well not totally but my goal is to totally get rid of multitasking it's so unproductive like yeah. every time i try to do more than one thing at once i end up not getting anything done um and it for me it feels so powerful to like scratch one thing off my to do list then you know a fourth of four things um so yeah
0: i don't know why um Well, especially men think that women can multitask. I
1: can't. (laughs) There's 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 actually studies that have been done that show multitasking is not beneficial um, for like like for your or for your like actually the work that you're doing. It's it's not it's not good for anybody I even you know if my husband talks to me and I'm thinking or
0: I'm doing something else he's like oh you know you, you I don't know the phrase he's using but it's so funny he's like oh you know you in your in the, zone. Another, in, the, in the zone in another dimension in the but zone. Yeah. I'll talk to you later <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes i'm nodding, and he's like you haven't heard a single word i've just said (laughs) (laughs) just funny but uh yeah and uh, so so i guess another question is how do you um you know how do you relax what do you do for fun what do you do when you feel like you're overwhelmed and you know you're approaching maybe a burnout stage or maybe you can manage it uh, you know, not not to let yourself to burn out, but how do you, how do you relax? How do you manage? Your mind?
1: Yeah. What so my favorite thing in the world is being outside and being in nature. So I try to get outside in some form every, every day. Um, and although I don't like working out, I've noticed that the days where I move my body and exercise, I just, I feel so much better from an energy level and also from a mood level or or mood state. Um, so my like go-to thing for when it comes to like relaxing is like, I I live in LA, so we have amazing Mm. hiking trails. Um, I can go to the beach, you know, I can, I can drive up to the mountains, big bears, you know, less than two hours away. Um, So I have all these options to get outside. And, and that's like number one for me, even the pan, like during the lockdown, the quarantine, I went for walks twice a day, two or three times a day, I had to get outside. That was like my escape, even if it was just around my neighborhood. Um, And then yeah, and then other like self care things that I do. Um, is journaling I was never a big journaler until I founded my company and then I was like, I need to get all these thoughts out on paper because they're just crowding my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started doing this thing called morning pages and it's since evolved into like now I journal more at night but when I first like was trying to get into the practice of journaling, I did morning pages, which was, three pages every single morning. And it was just stream of consciousness. It didn't have to make any sense. I never reread, read anything that I was writing. It was just any single thought that came into my head. I would just get it down on paper. And then yeah. I could my day knowing that I had all that like gibberish, like anxious thoughts, it was out of my head and on paper. Um, and so now, now I'm a much more frequent journaler and it becomes much easier for me um, than it was at first. But yeah, those are like my my go to is just getting outside and and journaling and yeah. sp- spending time with the people I love, which I know is hard during quarantine and COVID. But schedule Facetime calls or um, you know if if you can see your family or, or your friends, do it because that that's re energizing to me.
0: Yeah, no, no, that that's a great advice. I, I find nature very soothing, and I actually be, before the lockdown, I created a meetup group. Take parents to nature, to parks yeah. with little kids, yeah. And uh, of course, I, I, but I think uh, we went into a lo- proper lockdown, and I think it was March, uh, end of February, March. And I guess a lot of people just used this opportunity to go for walks and um, made themselves actually healthy. But then, the data which which I hear from 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 the media is that actually it's more people now drinking. And, consuming alcohol as a result of the lockdown so I guess I don't know
1: yeah I heard uh, heard that too but I saw a very different picture like uh, uh, I had to stay away from our bike trail because it was crowded like I couldn't believe there was nobody on there and now there was like all these people on their bikes and walking and out with their family and um so yeah like you know, I've I've seen a bunch of different physics, yeah. but what I fit what I fit yeah. is that people were outside, which always makes me happy. Yeah,
0: I guess bike companies they made made lots of profit during lockdown because they were selling. Uh, I've looked at some figures, looked at some figures, and they were selling like so, triple the amount of sales uh, during the lockdown. So yeah, everyone just yeah. went crazy by buying a bike, but uh,
1: bicycles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I guess just just to wrap up um, our conversation, um, what, what lesson could you teach starting or uh, existing entrepreneurs? So maybe maybe your final sort of advice for entrepreneurs what, what would it be?
1: Man, okay, so this is hard to like wrap it up in one thing, <laughs> but one okay. I guess one, one as much time, one time one as you one one one. want, ten minutes, fifteen yeah, yeah. minutes. Um. <laughs> I, I think I already said it and I, but I think it, it proves to, to be reset is that you are your company's greatest asset. And so schedule time in for yourself, um, recharge, rejuvenate, figure out what that is for you, because what it might be for your best friend is very different from what it is to for you. Um, like, you know, If you're more introverted, then maybe like going like scheduling time with friends as your recharge time is not good. Um, So make a list of things that bring you joy and then like put them on your calendar, like literally time block them on your calendar. Um, Another thing that's been absolutely critical for me. Um, and something I learned about later, like after I started my company is how important your, your breath is and your breathing patterns. And so when you're actually getting into an anxious state, you tend to inhale and take in more oxygen than you exhale. And so just really, you know, taking time to, to think about like, you know, practicing these different breathing techniques to calm down if you are in a stressful situation One easy method is it's called square breathing, and you basically breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, and hold your breath for four seconds. Mm -hmm. Doing that a couple times just to like reset yourself that has been absolutely critical, game changer for me. Um, So those are like my two biggest piece of advices. But like I guess like the number one thing is just really take care of yourself because your company. Your company relies on you. That's number one.
0: Yeah. Any advice uh, to female entrepreneurs? Because again, this this podcast um, generally aimed at female entrepreneurs, and there is some data suggesting yeah. that we are more anxious, <laughs> more, more we are stressed, bunny, aren't we? <laughs> Any
1: I think. Advice, to female? I think piece of advice is don't listen to like don't look at the statistics and don't listen to them and don't believe like they may, they may, might be true right now, but I personally feel like there is this great shift that's happening, um, where, you know, female entrepreneurs are like, there's a statistic like female entrepreneurs are le- so much less likely to be, to be funded. Well, you know, yeah. maybe there weren't, there weren't as many female entrepreneurs as there were when that statistic was originally established. So yes, um, you know, there are statistics, but I think that those statistics are changing and don't listen to anyone tell you that just because you're a woman means that you're going to have such a more difficult time. Someone said that to me and it prevented me from launching the company right away. Like I actually was like, I need to rethink this. I need mm-hmm. to figure out a different way and all this other stuff. And at the end of the day, you just have to like do it and know that you're, you're going to be okay. Cause there are so many qualities about being a woman that are our advantage. And so figuring out what those are and utilizing them to our advantage, like the people-to-people connection, the empathy. You know, there's statistics about women being more empathetic. Use that in your business because utilize the things that you're good at and it'll end up making your business even better too. So I I try to drown all of that out. I've been experiencing this since college because I studied engineering and it's mostly most of my classmates were male. Yeah. Uh, so I just like, it's hard, but I've, I've learned that it's better to just not even listen to what they're saying. <laughs> just go, just look straight ahead. You're on this mission. You're on, the, you're on this rocket ship and anyone who is lucky to get on that rocket ship with you um, will benefit. Cause you know, you can, I, I think women are amazing.
0: Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think our audience will take so much out of this conversation. And, um, yeah, and thanks for sharing this on, on this platform. Uh, I wish you all all the best with your company. And uh, it, it is a success, and uh, I, I'm sure it will prosper and will bring a lot of joy and happiness to a lot of people um, out there looking for, for alternative ways to look uh, after their own mental health. Thank you so much and um, all the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. uh, So you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all for me. Um I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hug away. Till next time.